Good morning and welcome backwards to Bodhi Speak. This might be a very short podcast. It might not. We'll see what happens. I'm going to read the Mayan astrology for the day as it's relevant to this podcast. Nawal Tsi. Tsi is the dog. This is my Mayan astrology sign along with Nelson Mandela, Mahatma Gandhi, Maestro Domingo Diaz Porta. Today we invoke the higher authority, the knower behind the false masks, the ability to lead with integrity and fairness. Tsi is represented by the dog, man's best friend, the loyalty and devotion of unconditional love and the spirit of trust of the one in higher command. May we open up to the spiritual authority of the great spirit today to allow the guidance to come through and for ourselves to be led on the path towards walking with impeccability. This Nawal brings a strong sense of responsibility for the whole. The way of leadership and empowering those around you to lead and considering the needs of the greater good when making decisions. We ask for all leaders from the level of the individual to the level of world government organizations and high-level institutions to consider the greater good of humanity at this time. To make decisions that will contribute to the well-being of all parties involved. To awaken to the spirit of peace and a shared resources and harmonize in a true sense of justice. Appropriate card for... The time that we are living in with all the crazy shit that is happening in the world right now. Which is not to say that there isn't crazy shit happening all the time in the world, but at this moment, some things seem to stand out particularly strong, perhaps more so than others. So, may we open up to the spiritual authority of the Great Spirit today to allow the guidance to come through to be led on the path towards impeccability. The first thing that comes to my mind is on, you know, for what I want to talk about on this podcast is just the insanity of revenge. Revenge. An eye for an eye makes the whole world blind. So, what are we getting behind if we are supporting genocide and apartheid and brutality and the death of thousands upon thousands of innocent people and the justification is well they did it first right okay revenge there's a great quote by Confucius it sums up the entire premise of revenge it's something along the lines of, and actually Confucius, from what I understand, didn't say this, but the quote's attributed to him, so we'll just give him credit for it, why not? Those who seek revenge should to dig two graves, one for their enemy and one for themselves. No truer words have been spoken than that one. What goes around comes around. What you reap is what you sow. No one gets away with anything. And perhaps that's the one redemptive point in all this, is when you're watching the madness and the insanity and the violence unfold and the lack of compassion and lack of care and the utter disregard for human life, racism, believing that one type of people is better than the other, dehumanizing the other, is just to understand that no one's getting away with it. Maybe on some small level, somebody gets away with it. What I mean by that is, 
maybe they don't go to a external prison in this lifetime or they're not ex- executed in this lifetime. And, you know, I'm not sitting here advocating that for violence towards a perpetuator of violence because that would only further perpetuate more violence. But just looking at it in the lines of no one is getting away with revenge. The repercussions and the fallout and the blowback that's going to come from what's happening in the Middle East and all parties involved that are guilty will speak for itself. And even if not in this lifetime, it will still speak for itself. And so we can pray for peace and we can pray for forgiveness and at the end of the day, what goes around comes around. And the best thing that we can do is learn what not to do from this situation. And at the same time, we need to ask ourselves as citizens of a country that is enabling a very small group of people to commit genocide. What is our responsibility? What is the Waltzi asking us to listen to? Because on some level, just by guilt of association, we all have some responsibility for things that happen in the world, even in faraway places, especially though if your own government is enabling it. And that's like a hard question to ask oneself, and I'm not claiming that I feel like I have a very clear answer to it. What is my own responsibility? And, you know, the glorification of revenge is definitely not all what it's cracked out to be. Hollywood movies love revenge. Every Marvel movie is basically just someone trying to murder somebody for revenge. There's always some self-righteousness, arrogant self-righteousness that drives revenge forward. But it will lead to two graves, your enemies and then your own. We cannot murder the other out of existence and expect that to bring peace. We cannot exterminate a type of people and expect that to empower us. We cannot fill ourselves with hatred and expect ourselves to be happy. We cannot eradicate darkness by committing genocide. We cannot continue to support apartheid and colonialism and racism and far-right extremism and violence. It is unsustainable, insane, morally and ethically sick. Yet, people all around the world will continue in their ignorance to do just that. I would not expect anyone... I would not expect there to be a period of history where someone is not trying to do that. And even if there was a period in history where everyone decided we're not going to do that anymore, all those people eventually would probably die at some moment and perhaps be replaced by at least one person in the group that would try to do that. And 
my meditation is just about humanity. It's like we're caught up in these different centers of energetic, emotional, psychic awareness and action. And some of us are in a place where it's very animalistic, and it's very primal, and it's sex, it's Machiavellian, Machiavellian politics and power and violence, doggy dog, survival of the fittest, my tribe, my people, my religion, my dogma, my bullshit, blah, blah, blah. And that is the final solution for how to deal with others. And then there's those of us that maybe have been around perhaps just slightly longer, enough to perhaps have gone through that already, and say, no, that doesn't work. <laughs> not only does it work, does it not work, it actually results in the opposite. It makes everyone miserable. It is the perpetual problem, not the final solution. And what we're watching right now is just a tremendous irony in the most painful, sad, sadistic way of... A population of people fearing genocide committing it. And to be clear, this is not a Jewish thing or a Muslim thing or any type of religious thing. Because I personally know many Jewish people, many, that are vehemently opposed to what's happening in the Middle East, in Israel, in Gaza. And... What we're watching is a very small group of people that are antithetical to the Judaic religion, antithetical to Judaism, that have hijacked the costume and tricked the world into thinking that they are putting forth the Jewish agenda. The Jewish agenda, just like the Islamic agenda or the Christian agenda, the Lakota agenda, the Buddhist agenda, the Hindu agenda, any of these religious agendas is peace and unity and acceptance of diversity and tolerance and love and compassion and generosity and forgiveness and just because someone looks like something talks like something wears something and claims something more often than not in if their actions i wouldn't even say more often than not absolutely if their actions involve violent acts of genocide then they are a wolf in sheep's clothing and they represent radical extremist violent ideology they don't rec they don't represent any religious jewish people who are genuinely jewish are peaceful islamic people who are genuinely islamic are peaceful islam means peace assalamu alaikum may the peace of god be upon you all the Jewish people I know are very peaceful and really kind. The people who are committing violent acts are antithetical to the religious. So I'm sharing this because I don't feel within myself that it is fair to claim that if you are in opposition to the apartheid, brutal regime, empire, violent colonialist state of Israel, that you are anti-Semitic because... That doesn't make it... Noam Chomsky is definitely not anti-Semitic. <laughs> the... Uh, we, are, we are humanistic. 
we are actually the representation of the uh, what Judaism stands for, because we're calling for peace. We are asking for forgiveness in the situation. And I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right, but there's also Elon Pape, who has, I'm totally pronouncing the name wrong, I'm sure, he's written with Noam Chomsky, also a, a you know Jewish political philosopher, <laughs> extreme anti-Israeli, because Israel is in opposition to Judaism. And we're not talking about the majority of Israeli people. I have a friend in I have, I have a friend in Israel. I've made many friends with Jewish people in Israel, and I went there went there more than once. Super great place with a lot of great people. But what you're watching is an extreme, far right, radical, small population of people hijack it and claim that violence is acceptable in God's name. It's the Jewish equivalent of Al-Qaeda. It's the Christian equivalent, or the Jewish equivalent of, you know, George Bush and Dick Cheney. They're claiming they're Christian, so they're going to go bomb all the people in Iraq. The insanity of that. And the United States, right, is the, is the reason that this is happening. So it's the country that a lot of us who are listening to this podcast live in. And so, question we just have to ask ourselves, like, what degree as American citizens, as conscious, spiritual, compassionate people... Jewish people, Christian people, Muslim people, Buddhist people, generally, genuinely spiritually oriented people, to what degree are we responsible for saying no to this and putting our foot down and resisting occupation and violence and genocide and the murder of 13,000 children? As the pastor in Bethlehem said, the murder of 13,000 children is not self-defense. There doesn't really need to be a further follow-up statement than that. The murder of 13,000 children is not self-defense. Who are you defending yourself against? This is revenge taken to the extreme degree with a complete disregard for human life. And I'm not an expert on politics and a lot of things. I've read some things. I've traveled places to talk to some people. Someone shared an article with me about the uh, Israeli defense minister who is listed as a terrorist prior to this whole situation by the United States government, which on some levels is perhaps ironic because many people in the United States government should probably be listed as terrorists as well. But because they're aligned with empire and an institution that can reshape and dictate history in the way that it wants and current events, they are on the side of justice. Nonetheless, even this extreme country that we live in that tolerates all kinds of extreme levels of violence has labeled this guy as a terrorist prior to what happened in October. The Israeli military would not allow him into service because he was labeled too extreme, yet he's become the defense minister. He was known to have a picture of an Israeli terrorist murderer convicted who went to the Dome of the Rock and murdered a bunch of Muslims. He had a picture of that guy in his living room after the guy was convicted. He decided to take it down after he got into politics. 
He is just one of many members of Benjamin Netanyahu's cabinet who thinks like this. And like I said, I'm not an expert in this stuff at all. But some of this information is just readily available if you spend a few minutes looking it up. And yeah, we shouldn't drag ourselves into specific situations and things where we suddenly find ourselves consumed with politics and conspiracy theories and the darkness of the world. But to put our head in the sand and pretend it's not happening and to not acknowledge how our own country and government and society that we exist in is supporting it is also not the solution. And I, like I said, I'm not an expert, but from what I understand, a lot of companies that were supporting apartheid in South Africa, for instance, people divested in, from those companies. There was massive movements to, and pressure from the international community put on the South African political structure to end apartheid. The same thing needs to happen here, and in a much more urgent and radical way because of what's happening. And it's somehow within all of our duty and responsibility to figure out how to do that. And, right, there are these global problems that are happening everywhere. There's genocide happening in Africa, the Chinese occupied Tibet, global warming, the destruction of the Amazon, indigenous rights in the United States that have been stripped from native people here. There's one problem after another. We're not here to solve the problem. And that actually leads me to the Osho card of the day. <laughs> Which I'm going to read in a second. But the point is not to solve the problem to get to a perfect state. Because like we said, there might be a moment where everyone decides to be perfect. And somehow they achieve it. But then all of them die. And then all it takes is just one psychopath... <laughs> like Adolf Hitler to come around to convince everyone to go the other way again. So we're not aiming for perfection, right? But the card of the day, which is relevant to the teaching of this, is traveling. The tiny figure moving on the path through this beautiful landscape is not concerned about the goal. He or she knows that the goal, the journey itself is the goal. The pilgrimage itself is the sacred place. Each step on the path is important in itself. When this card appears in a reading... It indicates a time of movement and change. It may be a physical movement from one place to the next or an inner movement from one way of being to another. But whatever the case, this card promises that the going will be easy and will bring a sense of adventure and growth. There is no need to struggle or plan too much. The traveling card also reminds us to accept and embrace the new, just as when we travel to another country with a different culture and environment than the one we are accustomed to. This attitude of openness and acceptance invites new friends and experiences into our lives. Life is a continuity always and always. There is no final destination. It is just going towards. Just the pilgrimage, just the journey in itself is life. Not reaching to some point, no goal. Just dancing and being in pilgrimage. Moving joyously without bothering about any destination. What will you do by getting to a destination? Nobody has asked this because everybody is trying to have some destination in life. But the implications. If you really reach the destination of life, then what? Then you will look very embarrassed, nowhere to go. You have reached to the final destination. And in the journey, you have lost everything. You had to lose everything. So standing naked at the final destination, you look around. And you look like an idiot. 
What was the point? You were hurrying so hard, and you were worrying so hard, and this is the outcome. So this card is just, is trying to deconstruct our psyche. That's saying we got to get somewhere, we got to do something, we got to accomplish something. We are in the infinite Wakantanka ocean cosmos of consciousness expansion of infinite mystery. We don't know what this is. We're in it. We're a part of it. We are it. We're enmeshed in it, whatever it is. And all kinds of chaos and insanity happens in that place. The goal is not to have a goal. But I would say that there is something in orienting yourself towards unity and compassion and peace and love and harmony and forgiveness. And it's absolutely essential that if we really care about people, and not just people in our immediate environment, we really care about the human species, then we would do something to help them. If you care about somebody and they're drowning, you don't go, oh, hmm. They will meet their eternal creator, such as the way. When you very easily could hand them a stick and pull them out. No, you hand them a stick and you pull them out because you care about them. And yeah, if they died, they would meet their eternal creator and so on and so forth. But we take action for those we care about. That's the whole wonderful thing about being human beings. You can take action and you have some capacity of choice, even though may thy will be done and not mine. Sometimes divine will is asking you to move in a certain direction. And then, you know, agency appears to you through your action. Nonetheless, we're not asking to solve the problem. You know, it, even if fascism wins, we're not trying to... The important thing is that we are oriented towards the calling for humanistic compassion and love and freedom and equality for everybody. And not being complicit and silent and passive and apathetic when a genocide is occurring. So, I don't have a solution. It sounds like the only people that have solutions are the ones who are willing to kill other people. They always have a final solution. They can finally get rid of all the Arab people. Finally get rid of all the Jewish people. Finally get rid of all the black people. Finally get rid of the Native American people. Finally get rid of all the liberal people. Finally get rid of all the conservative people. Whatever it is, they all the, the only the insane people have solutions to things. So I'm not offering a solution here. I'm trying to take the the advice of the card, which is somehow we need to enjoy the journey and dance through it, but we do need to orient ourselves in the direction of higher values. See, the Mayan sign of the dog, of authority, of thinking and caring about others and all parties involved. So we need to find a way to dance towards the higher value, which is not a destination. It's just something we're striving for. We know that the destination is flawed. The destination is the most egoic place you could ever arrive at, which is why... So many people's final solution involves just murdering a bunch of people. It's totally insane, and it's sick, and it's twisted and pathological. Even if you got all the land that you needed for your people, something will come along eventually and wipe all you out and wipe everything about the land out. Even if the 
nothing happens on earth eventually the earth will be swallowed by the sun and you can't find a solution to impermanence and you can't wake other people up but somehow through the process of trying to wake up other people in creative compassionate ways spontaneously in an aligned cosmically channeled way we can perhaps start to awaken ourselves which then starts off some kind of chain reaction that says hey can we just fucking stop killing everybody? Is that too much to ask for? <laughs> what is this madness? It's already difficult enough without you guys trying to kill everybody. And if you don't care, just put yourself in other people's shoes. Like... If you this was happening to you, would you want somebody else to care about it? Would you want somebody else to do something about it? Or would you just say, oh, no, they should just be detached while my family is completely bombed to shit. And my family's amputated without anesthesia because they destroyed all the hospitals. They, I, would, I would prefer that everyone around me is detached so that they don't have to become psychologically distraught with the immense suffering that's happening to me. And who knows? Maybe the people that drop bombs are reincarnated as people that have bombs dropped on them. I don't know. At this, I, I would still feel sadness and want them to be free from that. That wouldn't being born into a situation as a child and having to deal with all that suffering because of decisions made in past life that doesn't sound like a solution. I don't feel that there is a solution in this whole situation. I feel that there are a lot of questions, and What's important is not that we come up with answers, but we find questions that start to lead us to take actions to investigate what our actual power and agency is in initiating change in the world in the direction that we want to see it. And understanding that only through failing forward fast and making mistakes and trying new things, reaching out, being vulnerable, aligning ourselves with the higher values and flow, that maybe something positive can come out of the situation. Keep asking questions.